Speaker of the House in the great state of Minnesota, they just found out that things are going pretty cool. Uh, in fact, they're hitting the ball out of the park. They've got a $17.5 billion budget balance, and that takes inflation into factor on this. Uh, Speaker Hartman, good to have you back on News and Views. Well, thanks. It's a delight to be here this morning. If somebody gave me in my time as a legislator a fiscal outlook and report like this, I'd be dancing. I'd be so happy. you got to be smiling about this one. It's very exciting for the state of Minnesota. You know, it's been a tough few years with COVID, and I think a lot of us were afraid the economy was going to be in free fall or come to just a complete stop. And then when the war in Ukraine started last year, that was really uncertain. And it's just great to have an excellent fiscal report in November and then basically unchanged here for February. So what do you do? I mean, you've got money to invest uh, now. You know that I always said the toughest time to legislate is when you've got money uh, because a lot of people are going to come knocking on your door here. Well, absolutely. When you look at those jobs that are most difficult to do and um, really valued in our society, many of them are very low wages. For example, people who take care of senior citizens in long-term care, people who take care of folks with developmental disabilities in group homes. Uh, I got the numbers this week that if we just raise the salary for folks doing care like that to $20 an hour, which I think we would all agree that those are really um, very valuable jobs, and they should be making $20 an hour. Um, that would cost $4 billion ongoing. So, you know, we do have that $5 billion structural uh, surplus. But if you start looking at the, the unmet needs, boy, you know, $5 billion un- unfortunately goes pretty quickly. And then you look at something like um, cutting taxes, and, and those are big price tags, too. So what we're looking for is a balanced solution that will have some investments in health and human services and education, you know, those people who take care of and and teach our kids, and also looking at some tax cuts because everybody's been through tough times and the state's prosperous, but individual families aren't. And so how do we best give that money back to the people who need it? Where do you focus tax cuts? Because that's going to be a big part of what your counterparts in the House are going to say. And uh, there seems to be a, a real separation when it comes to the ideas of how to how to deal with that. And so I'm curious what the position of the majority party is. Yeah, Democrats are interested in giving tax cuts to Minnesotans who are working hard to afford their lives and are struggling. We have no interest in seeing the higher income, the people at the highest income level get a tax cut when in some cases they're doing even better than before COVID. So, you know, what we're trying to figure out is what is that, you know, married couple filing jointly income level where we want to focus tax cuts and what is a, what is a single where we consider that person, you know, um, in the category of middle class and working hard to make ends meet. So, you know, when you look at like a married couple making 150000 a year or, you know, maybe a married couple making 200000 a year and singles in the in the 120 range. We just don't think that people who are making 500000 or a million dollars probably need a tax cut right now, at least not as much as our uh, folks working in nursing homes need a wage increase. You know, you have to balance those things off and say, well, what's more important, you know, cutting taxes for a billionaire or making sure the person who's working in a nursing home is making as much money as somebody who works at Quick Trip or McDonald's?
I couldn't agree more. Plus, I don't think it, it takes too many steps to prove that the trickle-down economic theory really hasn't worked, certainly for the middle class in this country. Um, uh, Speaker Hortman, I, I want to talk about something, and, and it's coming your way over in the House side now. Uh, you know, our, the senator from our area, Rob Kupek, got beat up pretty hard uh, by local businesses when it comes to paternity leave and, and how some of that is shaking out. Um, how do you see the House embracing that? Yeah, sure. For about 10 years, I worked in our family business, John's Auto Parts in Blaine, and we had 150 employees, $15 million annual revenue. You'd think it would be easy for a business that big to offer paid leave for our employees. We just couldn't do it. You know, we had four cashiers. If one of our cashiers would have been out for 24 weeks, you know, that would have been a struggle. So having a state program where that is paid for by the system rather than the employer just as a real um, balancing out for small businesses. So when you look at unemployment insurance right now, you know, if anybody had to pay for their employees that get laid off, had to pay unemployment out of the corporate, um, you know, uh, bank account, nobody would be able to do that. No small business would be able to, to offer unemployment insurance compensation. So we have this statewide system. Everybody pays a tiny little bit in. And then when somebody needs it, when there's a downturn and there's a layoff, that unemployment, that's there. We can count on that. And paid family leave should be much the same way. It's like this in every industrialized country in the world, except for the United States of America. And it's functions like that in many of our peer states. So California, Washington, New York, you know, Delaware, Connecticut. Uh, so we think that once we get that state system up and running, the tiny increment on each employee's paycheck, part of it paid for 35 cents on the dollar or uh, 35 cents on a hundred dollars. Sorry about that. A little bit paid for by the employee, a little bit paid by the employer makes a system that works for everybody. Uh, are are you concerned, Speaker Hortman, about whether or not the 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 worker will be gone for that length of time? Having the the experience that you do of running a business, um, in, in terms of luck, we just we just can't lose help for that long. Right. So at John's Auto Parts, we had four cashiers, and if one cashier would have been out for twenty four weeks, we couldn't put a salesperson there. We certainly couldn't put a dismantler or a parts runner on, on cashier. So we would have had to hire somebody uh, on a temporary basis and saying, like, look, when when the person comes back from leave, you know, their job is still there. But when you think about it, if somebody was going to take 24 weeks of leave, which is what's in the bill right now, and it might get amended down, that means a person would have had to have a baby and a very terrible family event in the same year, like you know, having a child and then your spouse is dying of cancer or having a baby and then your parent is dying of cancer. So it's a very rare set of circumstances when we look at the other states that have these kind of stackable benefits or even our our private corporations that offer these types of things. Very, very rare for somebody to have two major medical-related situations in one year. How well are you working with uh, Governor Walz? Because you know, by its very nature, you might be from the same party. He might have the majority uh, in both chambers. But the truth of the matter is the executive and the legislative branch don't always get along. So in about 30 seconds, can you tell me how well that's going? We are very aligned. You know, the governor and I have had the good fortune to work together for the last four years. We had a Republican Senate uh, for those four years. We worked extraordinarily well with uh, Senator uh, Paul Gazelka. 
got some great bipartisan budget deals and move the state of Minnesota forward. So that partnership continues, and um, Senator Kerry Diesick is a phenomenal, no-drama leader in the Minnesota Senate. So all of that is going incredibly well right now. You bet. Well, I really appreciate you taking time to have these conversations with us, Speaker Hortman, and thanks for joining us on News and Views. My pleasure. Enjoy the snow, and we'll talk again. <laughs> There's no enjoying it anymore. <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> Speaker Melissa Hortman.